I'm Alon Ben-Mir, and welcome to another episode of On the Issues. My guest today is Sitki Oshan, a Turkish journalist based in the United States and writes for Kronos Haber. He is the former U.S. Bureau Chief of Zaman America, which was unable to remain open after the seizure of his sister publication, Zaman, in Turkey. In this episode, we discuss the bilateral relations between the United States and Turkey, Turkey's relation with its regional neighbors, and Turkish President Erdogan, his policies, his standing in Turkey, and his relations with other foreign leaders. Anyway, so let's, let me just begin with just asking you, you know, how do you see today the bilateral relations between the United States and Turkey? What is, what is your assessment given what happened specifically in the last uh, few months? As many experts or U.S. politicians says, uh, it's, uh, it's the worst in history right now when you think about U.S.-Turkish relations, the bilateral relations. But it's a bit more interesting than before because uh, right now we have president-to-president relations between Turkey and the United States. And it, it's what Erdogan wants it to be. He want even from day one of uh, President Trump's presidency in the office, Erdogan has uh, played this way. He wanted a personal relation with President Trump because he, I think, uh, he, he knows how President Trump likes to work. He, 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 he likes doing business with uh, other leaders. And Erdogan always tried to, from day one, he, he tried to reach uh, out to President Trump and wanted to make business with him too. So in in both countries, we can say that the the other bodies, uh, like we, we already don't have the parliament in Turkey, it's already demolished. Turkey is, a, is already a single-man country. But in the United States, uh, especially with the relations to Turkey, we can see uh, a similar trend too. So it's more a president-to-president relationship than a country-to-country or now, From your perspective, you think that Erdogan, when you say president-to-president, president, is Erdogan uh, trying to uh, exploit uh, Trump's weaknesses or he just want to appear like he's can meet or talk with the United States president anytime. I, just, I think it's Erdogan is too clever. And I think he, he can sense Trump's weaknesses. Do you think he's playing into that? Yeah, I think so, because he's doing it to everyone. Uh, not only to President Trump, but he's, he's uh, playing people's weaknesses in, in every sense. And he thinks that he can convince him when they're one-on-one. He can convince, he can give something and get something, even uh, if it's not uh, legal, because it doesn't matter for Erdogan, uh, whether it's, uh, it's proper, uh, it's appropriate or not. So he, is, he, he thinks, and he loudly says this to, in, in, on, in his media, 
that uh, we c we can get the president on our side and we can uh, we can get things done. This is his sense of doing politics in, with with many countries in uh, not only with the United States too. Is in especially with the small countries if they need his help, they need Turkey's help, like for building schools or building airports in some African countries, some Balkan countries, he is using these weaknesses to get something illegal from those uh, leaders. Or if he can't get things done with the leader of the country, he, uh, he gets a special and mostly corrupt relationship with some other officials, like the chief intel in some country, or uh, foreign minister of another country. So he, he gets things done his way. Tell me, in, in terms of the bilateral, I mean the personal relationship, I should say, between mm -hmm. Trump and Erdogan, if you want to characterize it, how do you characterize it? That is, does, because we, you know, you read a lot of material on this. On the one hand, they cannot get along, for example. On the other hand, they're buddies. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, take the case of the withdrawal of American troops from Syria. Mm -hmm. He didn't, we had a telephone conversation. Okay, I could take them out. Um, after they had been criticized, he changed his mind. Okay, we're going to leave half of them still there. How do you see that? How does Erdogan see that? Where do things stand today, from your perspective? I don't think that Erdogan thinks uh, that President Trump is in his pocket. He can't, he can't think this. Uh, I think President Trump's uh, strongest uh, strongest thing is his unpredictableness. He's, he's, an, he's an unpredictable man, and Erdogan knows this. So he doesn't think that I, I got him, I convinced him for anything. Yeah. You can't, he's unexpectable. He can do anything anytime, and Erdogan knows this. So he uh, kind of is afraid of them. Uh, he can do anything, uh, and it can have a domino effect in terms of uh, the, the points that scares Erdogan, like his personal wealth, uh, because there was in there are many sanctions uh, on the table. Uh, there are many sanctions packages that the Senate or the House proposes, and all are up to President Trump. And among among them, there are many important uh, points that will hurt Turkish economy or Turkish military. But uh, the the most important one for Erdogan himself is the uh, the one about his personal wealth and his family's personal wealth. It's one of the articles of one of the sanctions packages. And he very well knows that uh, President Trump can block it or can sign it. And he doesn't have any sign about what he will do. And I think the strongest point of uh, President Trump can also be seen for many as the weakest is uh, his unpredictable attitude. He can do anything anytime. So in terms of this, Erdogan always tell 
uh, to the Turkish media, the pro-government Turkish media, which is uh, maybe more than 90-95% of the media in Turkey, uh, always he spares President Trump while attacking the United States, and he's attacking the United States a lot. He, the U.S. is right now the, the evil behind everything for the pro-government Turkish media, and while they're attacking the U.S. for anything, they're sparing President Trump. They're saying that there is an evil United States behind everything, and there is President Trump. So he doesn't want so him to get angry. So how do they make this distinction? I mean, you know, in America, yes, of course, there are branches, but we can see what's happening today still. I mean, the president here, yes, is powerful, mm -hmm. but he is not a dictator. Mm -hmm. So when they make that distinctions between the United States as a country versus the president, there's a sort of artificial distinction. In yeah, but it ways. doesn't matter for his base. Uh, Whose base? Erdogan's base. Uh -huh. For Erdogan's base, or but why? Why attacking the United States is 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 um, uh, would be a positive thing for Erdogan? Oh, it's always positive. It's in in that region, attacking the United States is always a credible thing for a leader because. Uh, well, I mean, I understand that. What would be? Why would the uh, Turks Turks as people? Mm -hmm don't like or despise the United States, as you see it? Ah, uh, the anti-Americanism was always a thing in Turkey. It's not... No, what I'm asking here, yeah. what are the roots? What do you think the roots are? Yeah, it's increasing... The, I'm, I'm coming from there. It's increasing day by day, and especially in the last four or five years, it's peaked. Right now, it's, it's a very high. Uh, percentage of the public that thinks the U.S. was behind the coup attempt and that the U.S. is trying to topple down Erdogan, uh, that the U.S. Who's, 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 who's promoting these ideas? Erdogan himself? Yes, Erdogan himself and Erdogan's media. And when, when we say the media, as I've said, it's... It's his, yeah, it's his, it's his own tool. It's, it's his own tool. It's His son-in-law is managing all of it. Uh, because he portrays himself, he is fighting against the world powers and against the most powerful uh, country in the world. Uh, he is standing strong against all these powers. He mostly, starting with the Gezi protests, uh, actually, he always uh, he was always using the term foreign powers, international powers. But for a couple of years, he was refraining from mentioning those powers by name. He was not attacking Germany by name. He was not attacking the U.S. by name, mostly. Uh, after the, the corruption scandal and uh, after the so-called coup attempt, he started doing it by name. Not maybe himself, but his media. From day one, uh, his media uh, blamed the U.S. for the coup. They said that uh, the U.S. and the CIA, and at the same time the Washington and FBI, some of them to told that FBI was behind the coup. Uh, and some Turkey experts here, Henry Barki was one of the Turkey experts. Here he was in a meeting in uh, an island in Istanbul with some other foreigners discussing some issues, I don't know. 
and for for weeks it, they were on the headlines uh, of Turkish media and they were blamed of the mast being the masterminds of the coup and after that it always continued uh, they told president obama was uh, related to the coup he was the imam of a kind uh, and they blamed president uh, prosecutor preet barara who was behind the uh, the case in new york southern district new york case the iranian sanctions awaiting case uh, they blamed him to be a terrorist and etc. So right now it's it's uh, it's an easy tool for Erdogan to to mobilize his base and to paint himself as uh, a noble leader uh, fighting against the, the foreign powers and the U.S. is uh, the target number one. But it's not alone because it, and it depends. It changes sometimes. Uh, Netherlands is the evil and just because of the color of their jerseys of their national soccer team uh, they're called the oranges in, in Turkey and his base Erdogan's base while protesting Netherlands they were literally uh, stabbing oranges on Turkish streets and sometimes it's Netherlands sometimes mostly it's Israel uh, sometimes the United States, sometimes Germany. So it's it's just a tool. I see. Now, in terms of bilateral relations now between the United States and Israel and and uh, Turkey, how do you see that? Let's leave the personalities aside mm -hmm. of Trump and and uh, Erdogan as the relationship between the two countries. How do you characterize it today? It's it's very difficult actually and a bit complicated because uh, like three years ago, just after the coup attempt, uh, anyone who was uh, caught with a dollar bill in his pocket was blamed a terrorist and hundreds of people were imprisoned just because of this. Because they had American currency? Just they had one dollar bill in their pocket and it was a sign of terrorism because the United States was quote unquote behind the coup attempt and they used quote unquote the Gulen movement for the coup uh -huh. and it was a sign. I mean, is it because the United States uh, offered, has um, offered um, um, Petula Gulen the Refuge, yeah. Yeah, he's States? as he's re residing here, uh -huh. and he is, uh, according to the Turkish media, like controlled by Erdogan. Uh, he is a CIA agent, and CIA, he is a Mossad agent at the same time, and he uh, he is working for like Netherlands and UK and all these forces, and at the same time he is a secret cardinal too, according to Turkish media. So. Uh, for the last couple of years, in in Turkish media, you can see a very contradicting pieces uh, every day, at the same day, at different pages of the same paper. So it was right now when when I tell this, it's it sounds funny and weird and ridiculous, but it was reality, and hundreds of people were imprisoned for having dollar bills in their pockets, and including some famous uh, soccer stars 
some famous authors, and they were uh, they were imprisoned for having dollar bills. So uh, it somehow characterizes the relationship between the countries. And for all these years, like since especially since 2016, uh, anything saying anything positive related to the United States would put you uh, at a very difficult position in the especially in the eyes of government supporters so right now the US is the evil for but then but then, but then Turkey is a member of NATO United States is a leading member of NATO mm-hmm. do the Turkish people understand that they know this and the complicated side that I've mentioned but it was this uh, given this atmosphere still uh, the maybe one of the destinations uh, that Turkish citizens would like to uh, end up is still the United States. So that's why I, I, I said it is a bit complicated. They're still they uh, they like... This is a love-hate relationship. Yes, absolutely. And it was always kind of like this. It was not this high. The anti-Americanism wasn't uh, this high anytime in maybe Turkish history uh, but it's it's a love-hate relationship but politicians are fueling the dispute at, as most as possible uh, right now like just before just two weeks before the uh, Qasem Soleimani incident yeah. Erdogan was threatening with uh threatening the U.S. with closing down the two major uh, military bases that the U.S. uh, military and the the NATO uses. They're Injerlik and Kurejik bases. We all talk about Injerlik, but the other one is Kurejik. It's a radar base, and it's watching Iran, uh, 7-24. And he was threatening uh, with closing it was threatening to close it, shut it down. Uh, just two weeks before the incident, the, the, the U.S. killed Qasem Soleimani and the uh, Iran rockets were uh, hitting uh, the base Iran and Turkish and uh, U.S. military uses. So what if it was closed at the uh, time of the crisis? Or what if he shuts it down right now? Because the condition... He, he provides for this is the sanctions and there are many sanctions I don't when I try to count it's four or five different sanctions packages are on the table right now including the you mean American ones, sanctions American sanctions against, uh, against Turkey against uh, Turkey and the Turkish government for what reason couple of reasons one is Katza uh, this is for Turkey buying S-400s That's from right. Russia. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's on the table, and it's uh, waiting for Trump to sign, actually, because... Yeah, it still hasn't been implemented. Yeah, not yet. And it's... it's and he's it's not going to sign it, to my knowledge. Yeah, actually, he kind of has to, but... Uh, I know. There but is... There's a loophole in the... Uh, For in the Trump, there's nothing has to. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another thing. Yeah. 
and there are other ones for uh, the Syrian incursion uh, or similar reasons. And right now, just yesterday, uh, prosecutors of in the southern districts uh, of New York, uh, they forced uh, another request to the court about Halkbank, the Turkish bank that was behind the sanctions awaiting regime yeah. of Iran yeah. uh, on six different counts, like money laundering and sanctions awaiting and etc. And they refused to come to the court and the prosecutors offered a penalty for it, which is a million dollar a day. And that would double every weekend, every week. So it's it seems that now it's it seems that a, a, a small penalty like a million dollars nothing but it's doubling so it's a snowballing penalty so at the end of the the first week it's uh, seven million but at the end of the first month it's one of five million at, at the end of the second month if the bank doesn't appear in the court it's like 1.785 billion uh, dollars so if this is implemented, Erdogan is threatening to shut down the basis if any sanctions come from the United States. Mm -hmm. So things uh, right now, like a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, Erdogan was here in the White House, kind of was welcomed by the Trump family open arms. It was a great photo op for him. But uh, because of the relation, the uh, the type of the relationship that we discussed a couple of minutes ago, the person-to-person -person relations, uh, in a minute it can turn into something else because of this domino, the possible domino effect. If this comes and that happens and then we don't know, because, and because of the personality of the two leaders, we don't know where it can end up. But the the most dangerous point is that Erdogan is reshaping the public. He's reshaping the public mind. Public opinion, yeah. Public opinion regarding the West, regarding the US and the, the US relationships with the US. He is attacking the US and sparing President Trump. Okay. He can... Uh, the very next day, Erdogan is very pragmatic. He can take U-turns very fast in any issue at any point. So, like two months from now, he can declare Russia his enemy. Right now, they're they are bad fellows, but he can declare Russia his enemy, and he can say that we he has been in love with the United States all along and he is the best friend of president trump and he the the country he loves the most in the united states he can say this but he can take u-turns this fast but societies can't now he's rooting a deep hate against the united states and against the west and this is rooting very deep in the public especially for the why, youth. why do you feel that why is he doing that from your perspective? Uh, one, it's a pragmatic win for him. He's winning the public. 
by being against the West. Uh, two, right now he is getting closer with Russia and he is to his benefit because he has a similar relationship with person-to-person -person relationship with President Putin and there it works way faster and easier to get things done if you have the president's friendship mm -hmm. because uh, you can't talk about uh, separations of power in Russia as you talk about separations yeah. of power here in the United States. Yeah. So it's to his benefit right now. He can cover up a lot of things by getting closer to Russia and getting against the United States. And as I've said, he can take a U-turn and be friends so, with the United States, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you can't turn the public as fast as you yourself turn. And as he is uh, rooting this hate in the public, the public, especially the youth, his youth, and being weaponized by him or his party right now, you can see a lot when you go to social media, yeah. You can see a lot of his followers, especially the youth, and posing with uh, weapons, military weapons, kind of military weapons, proudly. And no one knows where those weapons are coming from. Or no one knows where those weapons will be used anytime soon. And especially on the night of the coup, uh, or the so-called coup, July 15th, 2016, uh, right now on courts, many military officers are defending themselves that saying that they never shot at the public and they're asking for uh, investigations to go deep and they're saying that I returned my weapon, I, I returned my gun to the officers yeah. and I want a full lab report about this, whether I shot at the public or not. Uh, and... It's pretty open. It's pretty uh, obvious with the evidences that on that night, many civilians were killed by civilians. And when you get all these together, we have uh, an AKP youth, uh, a weaponized ones with like kind of heavy weapons in their hands, uh, with a huge hatred against the West, against the United States, against... Uh, those who are uh, promoting dialogue, mm -hmm. those who think, even not only the West or the United States, but those in, in Turkey who promote that we need to have dialogue with the West, the US, or interfaith and intercultural dialogue. If you, if you highly speak, uh, about these concepts, you are seen by many Erdogan followers as the enemy of Turkey because you're for dialogue, so you're selling out your country. So that's why I uh, see that it's a very dangerous trend to, uh, to root the, this hate against other countries and against the citizens of other countries uh, to the among the youth that you weaponize. So I don't 
think uh, that it's it's a logical thing to do, but uh, as many other illogical things, Erdogan continues to do this. Let me ask you this about um, Turkish-Iran relations. Mm -hmm. Well, we know there is no love lost. I mean, in in reality, mm -hmm. this is uh, Erdogan want to be the leader of the Sunni world, Sunni. Sunni Muslim more than Turk, obviously Iran is the de facto leader of the Shiite, mm -hmm. is Shiite Islam. Uh, but they have a common interest. Can you can you elaborate on this? What is the nature of the relationship, and do you feel it is going to last? Again, it's uh, it's another very very complicated relationship there too, uh, like Erdogan's relations with others. Because, uh, as you've said, Erdogan is uh, Erdogan has a dream, uh, and it's ve he's very open and vocal about this. He he sees himself the leader of the Sunni world and the leader of the Mid Middle East, and more than that, he is the leader of the Ummah, all Muslims. Mm -hmm. it, it is why it is what he believes, and it is what his followers believe. But at the same time. Uh, he calls Iran uh, my second home. When at one of his visits, <laughs> he, he called Iran his second uh, home. Joker. And uh, if we go a little bit deeper on this, uh, apart from I don't, I don't uh, need to mention that the new camp that Erdogan carried Turkey composed is composed of like Russia, China, Iran. So he's the member of a new team he's trying to be a part of. It's it's something everyone knows, but everyone, the, there are some other aspects that not many of us know about the Iran's ambitions about Turkey. Uh, many experts believe that. We we all see... What like, is what's Iran ambition? Vis -a -vis Turkey. Yeah, well, many of the Turkey, many of the ex experts think that, like we all used to think that, Erdogan's uh, autocratization process fastened up. It's started. It give it 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 gives its clues like late 2011, 2012, and it was uh, the aggression increased with the Gezi protests. And we we have seen the signs of his autocratization, but we all believe that with the corruption cases, with the corruption scandal, it it fastened up and he started to crack down and etc. Mm -hmm. But right now, some experts says that the the cases, the court cases, and the investigation that instigated the process was uh, might not be. Uh, the corruption cases solely because simultaneously there was another court case uh, there was a, another investigation on by uh, prosecutors and the police officers about the uh, the heavy presence uh, of Iran intelligence among Turkish officers Turkish officials Turkish intelligence, Turkish ministers, and etc. is Selam Tevhid case. So you mean they are in 
Turkish uh, officials who are spying for Iran or have supporting Iran? Either spying on Iran, spying for Iran, for or Iran. sold to Iran, uh-huh. bought by uh, Iran's like uh, Quds Force. Like, and 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 Erdogan doesn't know that. We don't know whether he knows or not, but the there was an investigation on them called Selam Tevhid investigation. The police and the prosecutors were investigating the how deep this relationship with some Turkish officers uh, with uh, Iran's revolutionary revolutionary but, guards. But everyone is bound to know about this. I mean, how can you hide that? Most probably, he, he, yeah. he knew it all along, most probably. But as the case is now covered up, and it was almost at the same time with these corruption investigations, but some experts say that that was the point that Erdogan decided to go uh, crack down against all these officers and the police officers and the prosecutors and close up the cases. So from those investigations, we know that there is a heavy uh, Iranian intel presence among Turkish uh, officials. We don't know how far it goes. We don't know how deep and how top it goes. And everyone knows that. He should know that. He should know that. We don't know. Uh, uh, I'm not an expert. Does he know that and deliberately saying nothing or doing nothing? Some says that. Some says that he he knew it all along. He collaborate. Maybe he collaborated all along and he was extremely disturbed by these investigations and that was the point he cracked down uh, the judiciary, he demolished the judiciary. Some says uh, it's nothing related, he was disturbed by the corruption case. But there are some different opinions about this. But uh, I'm not an expert on, uh, on this issue. I'm not, a ju- I'm not a judiciary expert or uh, an expert on Iran. But I can see that there was some serious, uh, serious things on those uh, Salam Tafid investigations, and uh, it it might be uh, the reason. I, I just want to go back to Iran bilateral relationship mm-hmm. with Turkey. Mm-hmm. Where do you see it? Where is it today, and where do you see that evolving? Say next two three years. Yeah, the most important relationship with uh, Iran and Turkey were, were shared interests. Uh, maybe not country to country. Well, I mean, Turkey buys oil from Iran, doesn't it? Oil for gold and all, the, all these yeah. shims. But yeah. when, I, when I mean uh, interests, I don't mean actually the interests of the two countries, but the rulers of the two countries, and Mullahs yeah, in Iran and Erdogan in Turkey, because both benefited from that uh, sanctions awaiting schemes and uh, Iran had reached its like 22 billion dollars and Erdogan or his close circles got their share from that and there's a huge court case it was 22 billion dollars in sale of oil yeah the the, the scheme uh, had Iran to, to get that money because normally they can't they they can sell their their oil but 
ex in exchange for that, they can, according to the to the sanctions, they can get uh, humanitarian products like food or mm -hmm. uh, medicine. But Iran absolutely didn't want this. They wanted to get the money or the gold. So they created a scheme using Turkey's Halk Bank, state Turkey Turkey's state-owned bank, bank. Mm -hmm. uh, and the prosecutors in New York says that some Turkish uh, ministers were involved. Some say that the prime minister were involved, and some evidence like actually proves this. Uh, the prime minister involved, and in uh, some of the exchanges between the uh, the the persons involved, uh, they say that even the they call they call him Beyefendi, means the Mister, mm -hmm. uh, and it's pretty apparent that they're. Uh, they I just want to go back to Iran's Iran-Turkey's relationship. Yeah, so the relationship in terms of this is is kind of deep on the the benefits of the the rulers and when we uh, get to societies both publics did not have a war for centuries for the, the uh, like for 500 centuries no struggles no wars i don't think that will happen in the near future no there, there would be no so. yeah there would be no fights no struggles uh, and Societies will not, the public, both publics will not have any problems with each other. And there's no reason to, to have that. If the, But the uh, was Erdogan of, still never been invited to Tehran and vice versa. Was Rouhani ever in Turkey? I know they met many times. Rouhani, Erdogan and Putin. Yeah, Erdogan was at Tehran. Erdogan they was at Iran. They, they, like met where, they met in many places. Yeah, and Erdogan visited Iran. Iran. Years he visited ago. Iran. Yes. Yeah, and when during his visit, he he called Iran his second home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as I've said, I, I I don't foresee any 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 wars or fights or any clashes between two societies, and no one would want that. Uh, if the leaders of the countries instigate, if not the leaders of the countries instigate any uh, problems related to the uh, Shiaism or Sunniism, Erdogan uh, runs for the leadership and others. If, if the politicians doesn't specifically on purpose uh, cause any on purpose struggles, I don't foresee any, any uh, anything. So you don't see this relation with Iran? As a temporary, or I mean, right now it serves their both interests, mm -hmm. um, but it's not people to people, or is it people to people? The Iran versus, Iran versus Turkey. Yeah, it is getting per people to people because uh, the the regime in Turkey, uh, as they have good relations with the the regime in Iran, they are uh, building bad. schools together and mm -hmm. they're importing kind of educators or like uh, nurses and etc from Iran to Turkey they're uh, 
opening, as I've said, schools together, bringing educators, and etc. So that relationship goes deeper in the public. Yeah, um, my, you know, the the <clears throat> this whole region right now because of the situation in in Iraq, uh, the tension with Iran, the uneasy relations between the EU and Turkey. I mean, there's a, there's a I mean, Turkey is basically all over in a way. It's in the Balkans. It's getting involved in. It's in Qatar. It's in Somalia. It now is in Libya, and uh, don't. My feeling is that Erdogan is biting more than he can chew. Specifically, now that he doesn't have the economic strength to support his foreign adventure, where do you see that going? Do you think he will be able to succeed to maintain this his outreach and influence in all these other countries that he's reaching out to? Or do you think it's going to eventually come back to bite him? It's it's mostly it's mostly all his foreign adventures are mostly not all but mostly for his uh, domestic aims. All has some kind of domestic reasons. First of all, uh, since day one, Erdogan's followers see him uh, as the world leader. They call him the world leader. So. Maybe not only the leader of the Sunni world, but they 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 see him as the leader of the whole world, uh-huh. and whatever he does related to uh, any foreign country, they it sets uh, it's a reason for honor for them. So they're they're being proud for any incursions or any clashes with any countries. For example, uh, when it's with Syria, mm-hmm. it was for it, it had domestic reasons. It's not basically we know we all know that uh, it was not a national security threat for Turkey, but it was the the economic crisis, the financial crisis that the deep financial crisis uh, in Turkey right now, because many people are seriously hit by the crisis and they blame. The Syrian refugees for this. There, there are three million, and they mostly live on government subsidy. Uh, and the Turkish people, uh, even Erdogan's, his, Erdogan's own followers, are seriously disturbed with this. Uh, you can see issues anywhere; they, it can pop up, and it can. It, it's a real threat there, because when it starts, you can stop it. Yeah. So Erdogan has seen this, and he he lost the biggest cities in Turkey, Istanbul, and Erdogan, uh, and Ankara, and almost all major cities. He lost, <coughs> and it was unexpected for him. And he studies his lesson. Well, if if there is only one thing uh, to to praise him, he studies his lesson and he listens to his base seriously. So after. The, the loss of these major cities, he looked at the polls. He, he does this every week. And he's seen that the economic crisis and the finances and the pockets of people are affecting his votes. And people are, as people are disturbed by these Syrians, he needed something to send them back. And it was the buffer zone. He came with this buffer zone idea. 
and by this he could send the uh, Syrian refugees back and would give a kind of answer. I don't think that it's an answer and I don't think it's humane to to send all those people, to, to force those people to, to buffer zone and it's, it's illegal according to UN laws. You can't force them. You can give the option them to go to a safe place in their own country but you can't force but he will. He, he wants to, to do that. So it, it was all uh, domestic but he came with this buffer zone idea and he had to do the military operation but he sold this to his base as a national security threat and the war and he's getting into Syria and he's invading Syria even though he was very disturbed by the word invasion uh, he sold his this to his own base as a military operation that our noble ancestors were doing the Ottoman <laughs> sultans so he he kind of uh, portrayed himself as an Ottoman sultan yeah, from this way. So, but it was domestic. When you, f he has presence in the Balkans, and he's doing something in the Balkans, the, the uh, intel operations, and he's kidnapping teachers and educators from those countries, uh, literally kidnapping people from the school grounds or from the streets in the Balkans. Uh, and for this, he uses some uh, some funds, government funds, and he's helping those small uh, Balkan countries or African countries and building something there, some airports or etc. Or if he finds some corrupt politicians or intel chiefs in those countries, uh, he is uh, like providing them with some illegal money or some funds and get things done and the very next day you see on the uh, major Turkish pro-government papers about you read about a very successful intelligence operation yeah. and this successful yeah. intelligence operation is kidnapping teachers from school grounds yeah. and yeah. again you see it's he's selling this as uh, a fight against terrorism fighting against teachers or education educators that never uh, had any type of guns in their hands or knives but he's sell so again you see this is all domestic but using his actions in foreign countries as uh. domestic but uh, in your question whether he can continue to do this given the uh, financial the crisis that's hitting uh, he's postponing the, the massive crisis with uh, using some some different means it can be Qatari money in the country because he has a his very good relations with the Qatar oh, yeah. Qatari Emirates and with using different means and different sales to those to that Qatari uh, leader, he is funneling in money, funneling yeah. in huge amounts of money from there. One, one more question, and and uh, where do you see now? This we you know you you spoke eloquently about what's going on. Where do you see Turkey now in the next? Where do, if you were to 
to um, project for the future. Where do you see Turkey is going, given the fact that Erdogan, the next election is only three years from now, and he's not going to go anywhere. And we know he described the situation very well. So where do you see Turkey going at this point? Say, where do you see Turkey in two or three or four years from today? Unfortunately, not into a good place. Unfortunately, I see Turkey, my my home country. I, I'm in love with the country. I used to be in love with the country. Uh, but I see that it is going into a darkness, a massive darkness. And I don't, I can't, uh, I'm, I'm forcing myself to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But it's, it's very difficult to, to see that because as you've mentioned, he's not going anywhere. The elections in three years, but uh, elections are, I don't, I'm not sure how much elections are elections anymore with the heavy presence of Erdogan himself on the media. You can't fight with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has 90-95% of the control of the media and he can uh, dirt anyone, any type, any kind. And the very next day you're uh, blamed by the president himself for anything. You end up having prosecutors at your door, door uh, having indictments about you. It's a police state. So uh, <laughs> right now there is the kind of opposition from his, his own party, the former uh, Prime Minister Davutoglu is running against him, mm-hmm. and he declared his party last month, and his foundation uh, is taken over by the government today. His, the university started is shut down. He's doing this even to his brother. So uh, think about what he does yeah. against his enemies right. so uh, unfortunately we were at the door I was very hopeful about Turkey like five years ago we were at the doorsteps of the European Union but uh, in five years uh, we take took a, a massive U-turn and ended up being uh, another Middle Eastern dictatorship and unfortunately uh, our brothers and sisters in Turkey are living in a uh, a, a dark dystopia. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to end it on a on a bleak note, but it that. is what it is. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I hope you express what you wanted to express. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you that's, very much. That's great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Yeah. For providing me with this opportunity. No, it's uh, of course. Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast on my SoundCloud page and stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.